housing issues are constantly in the news, and they can be quite complicated. So we have asked Altagracia Pierre Outerbridge to join us again today. She is the founder and owner of the law firm Outerbridge Law PC, and her practice is focused on landlord-tenant litigation and transactional matters. Since these issues affect many of our listeners, later in the show, we'll take your calls. Our call-in number, you want to, might want to write it down now, is 212-209-2877. Hello, Altagracia. Welcome back to our show. Hi, Leonard. Thank you for having me again. Oh, but this, this is a continuing issue, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, according to New York City Renters Statistics and Trends, there were over 3 million occupied housing units in New York. A little over two-thirds are rented. Has that number been holding steady? No, it hasn't. It hasn't. We know that a lot of folks left New York City um, during the pandemic. We know that folks came back. But New York City, as we know, has become, has always been unaffordable to the um, regular New Yorker, the not regular New Yorker. And more and more affordability is slipping through our hands, um, especially, uh, I think you're going to talk about that, Leonard, uh, with regards to um, apartments that were previously affordable uh, with the use of tax credits, losing mm -hmm. these credits, making um, lessening the, the um, lessening the portfolio of apartments that people can um, actually afford in New York City. So why don't we talk about that now? Sure. Go ahead. What sure. happened? So New York City has, um, well, New York City is known as the, the second most expensive state to live, right? Hmm. Um, ultimately, a lot of apartments in New York, we know that New Yorkers don't make that much income. We know that most New Yorkers are when burdened. Um, there are many initiatives that have been in place uh, to make New York City affor apartments affordable. Some of them are tax incentives, tax credits, some... Um, i.e. J51s, 421As, and many other tax credits, right, uh, with uh, the, different the initials. 421A tax incentive program was used in nearly every big residential project in New York for the past 50 years, but didn't it expire last year as it was after it was criticized as a giveaway to developers? Absolutely, they expired and it was has not been renewed. So that's a huge, huge thing. They tried, the legislator tried to put a different incentive in its place uh, and that has not been approved just yet. However, the issue is that uh, there are many, many other tax incentives. As a landlord tenant attorney, when I see an apartment, I try to see what type of apartment it is. One type of apartment is rent stabilized. One type of apartment is rent controlled. Another type is a market rate apartment. And a third type is a subsidized apartment. Hmm. So subsidized apartments usually, right, have um, most of them have a 30-year subsidy attached to them. And what we're finding is a lot of the 30-year is now coming to an end. So a lot of these apartments are now going to be market um subject to being market rate apartments. Who got those subsidies? What are, they have many, many different subsidies, right? Uh, too many to even count. Um, they are very, very private and some of them are not even posted if you go on ACRIS, which is where you find most D documents in New York City, right? 
um, they're very, very individualized between um, the developer and the city. It's really an agreement that's made between each developer and the city. If we're talking about the 30-year incentive, a lot of these incentives generally leave aside apartments for folks who are median income or below income levels, right? And that gets to be very, very complicated as to who qualifies. There are lotteries for these apartments, right? So what we're finding is that that 30-year mark is coming to an end. But if you're asking me what are the subsidies, there are many. The agreements are usually hundreds of pages and um, negotiated between developers and the city of New York. Um, a lot of them contain tax incentives or tax abatements, um, but there are, there are a lot more that goes into a tax, um, a subsidized building. Now, last year, the nine-member Rent Guidelines Board, in its first vote under Mayor Eric Adams, allowed the largest increases in almost a decade by raising rents by three and a quarter percent for one-year leases and five percent for two-year leases. Isn't that a big change from past administrations when de Blasio, for example, successfully urged the board to deliver rent freezes in three of his eight years in office? It is a big change. What ended up uh, being agreed upon is 2.75%. It's a, it's a uh, gradation of increases, which is 2.75% for a one-year lease. And if it's a two-year lease, the second year is calculated as, at 3.2%. That is very much a change from the rent freezes, which we saw. However, um, I don't know that... Um, a rent freeze could continue forever, right? At some point, the rents do have to um, do have to increase. So while it is a change from previous administration, it's something that could have been expected. Um, as well, I know that there were about 10, 15% increase on the table at different times. Uh, thank God the Rent Guideline Board did um, vote on, on um, I would say, reasonable increases, but increases are what the RGB decides every year, and it's part of their job, really. Who sits on the Rent Guidelines Board? Mm -hmm. So there are uh, various uh, factions. One is a tenant. One side is the tenant factions. There are tenant attorneys on there, tenant advocates, landlord advocates, and developers as well. So it's really made up of different factions of people who can give the whole picture as to um, what renters are facing in New York City. Hasn't the board's research revealed that 30% of tenants are spending more than half their income on rent and the majority Greeting. are considered rent burdened or spending a third of their earnings or more on housing costs? And, uh, to tell and you, how does that yes. apply to seniors who live on fixed incomes? Well, for seniors, uh, Leonard, it's even worse, right? It's even worse. Um, there are programs to help seniors, including SCREE, the Senior Citizen Rent Increase Exemption, which actually stops the increase. A lot of folks don't know about it, but should be looking into SCREE um, if you are 62 and over, right? And if you are in a rent-regulated apartment and you qualify based on income, your rent will not increase. But as far as I've, as long as I've lived in New York City, it has always been a rent burden city. Um, so that hasn't changed. What I'll say is while the rent went down in the pandemic, the landlords really, 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 um, the increases after the pandemic have more than made up for what um, 
the loss that occurred in the pandemic. Don't high housing costs disproportionately affect Black, Latino, and Asian people? Is, is that one of the reasons 200,000 Black families left have the city over the last decade? Absolutely. And one place to see that as a person of color myself, which is one of the reasons I went into housing law, is actually going to housing court. Um, just going into housing court will reveal folks who are most um, who are most affected by the housing law and the rent prices. I would say 80% of the house of folks who appear in housing court tend to be people of color, women with children, um, black and brown people. On the other hand, uh, Michael Tobman, the membership director for the Rent Stabilization Association, which is a group of 25,000 landlords who own more than a million apartments, disagrees with the notion of an eviction crisis looming. And he pointed to all the operating costs that owners must shoulder due to 24 government regulations, including the Climate Mobilization Act, which will require many buildings to install energy efficiency measures. Well, I, <laughs> as an attorney um, which whose office represents both sides, I'm constantly hearing <laughs> both sides say the exact opposite of each other. Landlords mm. will always say there's no housing crisis, right? Mm. And tenants will always say that there is a housing crisis. There is a housing crisis. There is an eviction crisis. Um, as someone who does this exclusively, um, it has become worse since I've been doing this, Leonard, for 15 years. Um it has become worse since the pandemic. So there is very much a housing crisis, an eviction crisis. What are the potential challenges landlords may face in transitioning from fuel stoves to electric stoves? Well, one of the challenges is um, cost, obviously, right? Um, another challenge that mostly a lot of landlords will bring to me as an attorney is actually access to actually make the repair, make the changes to the building. Um, usually, um, landlords will be held to certain, to task as to, let's say, as you just said, to, um, to complying with the law, right, the Climate Mobilization Act, but they are not able to obtain access to all the apartments at a time in order to make the repairs. Cost is always an issue. Understanding the law is an issue. Implementation is an issue, right? Um, and actually dealing with tenants who are not willing to who are not willing to permit the change. Well, what happens if they don't permit the change? Is are they going to be mm -hmm. uh, thrown out of their apartments? <laughs> are there any exemptions? Um if if the landlord, so if you um if you, most leases, most template leases which most landlords use has a clause that the landlord, that the tenant will follow all rules, laws, and regulations, right? And will not obstruct such. So a tenant who then is refusing would be subject to eviction. Would an eviction actually occur? Probably not. Uh, what usually happens is a lengthy housing court process, right? The landlord would bring eviction papers, which is a broad category of cases, which doesn't necessarily need to an eviction. But usually, at the end of this lengthy process, um, there are many sessions of mediations called conferences with the judge, where the judge will likely convince the tenant and the landlord to work together to get the work done. 
and what is called that is called it's called the cure. So the tenant will likely have an opportunity to cure prior to an eviction. So even after a trial is held, uh, there is an opportunity to cure any bad behavior, any bad act, um, especially in this context that would allow the tenant to retain their tenancy and remain in the apartment provided they cure the violation. No, New Yorkers could see their Con Ed gas and electricity bills more than double in the next two years due to a newly approved rate hike by the state's top public utility regulator. Uh, next month alone, this month actually, Con Ed will spike rates across the city by 9% as part of a three-year rate plan that was green-lighted by the State Public Service Commission. And uh, an average Big Apple resident who uses 600 kilowatt hours of electricity per month will see their bill surge by an estimated 14, over $14 or over 9% this month alone, according to an analysis of the plan. Things are going up here. Is anybody going to help us out? Absolutely. There are many, many ways to obtain help. And um, even going to the climate mobilization uh, page, right, or even calling 311 would provide assistance, would help um, the tenant provide assistance. What I tell tenants who call is any question you have about your tenancy, any help that you need, calling 311 is a hub to lead you to many different agencies that can help. For example, there is a low-income home emergency assistance program, right? Of course, you have to prove income, that your income um, fits the, you know, fits the bill, quote-unquote. But there are many, many ways to receive assistance. I also know that there are grants for electricity, right, for, for bills. There is a program in New York City called a One-Shot Deal, right, that will also help with utilities. There are many, many charities that will help. Uh, with 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 utilities as well. A reminder to our listeners that you can join this conversation because housing is something of major concern to many of our listeners. So we invite you to join the discussion by calling us at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. My guest is Algracia Pierre Outerbridge, founder and owner of the New York City-based law firm Outerbridge Law PC, which focuses on landlord-tenant litigation and transactional matters. Now, um, it, it seems to me that the situation is just getting worse and worse. Uh, hasn't uh, the governor proposed things to help people who are, are facing problems? Uh, have any of those things been enacted? Well, uh, there continues to be many, many deadlocks between the legislature and the governor, right? One of the um, issues, the governor has a comprehensive housing plan that she has been uh, uh, promoting. Um, one of the issues that continues to happen is that, uh, as usual, there is usually a deadlock between her and the legislature. For example, um, at the last legislative session, the end of the session, uh, many bills which um, could have been passed, which could have helped New Yorkers, were not passed. One of them is the good cause eviction bill. 
which would have prevented non-rent stabilized, non-regulated tenants from being evicted for no reason, which is the bulk of evictions in New York City is unregulated evictions, um, evictions of unregulated tenants for no reason whatsoever, other than the landlord wants to make um, to earn more on the rental. That didn't pass. There are also um, other bills related to overcharge um, in rent regulated apartments. I would say, Leonard, the bulk of my practice is overcharge claims, i.e. Mm. a lot of tenants, a good portion of tenants are being overcharged in their rent and don't know it. So speaking to an LNT, a landlord tenant attorney, sometimes reveals that you have been overpaying by hundreds of thousands, thousands. Hmm. Um, one of the bills that could have, um, two of the bills that could have pre um, helped with um, with this issue were have not yet been passed. So while the governor is looking to promote an affordable housing plan and to build more housing, um, and um, there continues to be a deadlock as to how that's going to be done between the chambers and the governor's office. Well, the state assembly uh, approved measures that would make it easier for tenants to prove fraud in rent overcharge cases and allow them to consult uh, long ago rent histories to maximize uh, a landlord's liability. Uh, the Senate passed the bills June 9th. Where does it stand now? Not yet passed, unfortunately, and that has been the bane of, of the existence of tenants uh, since uh, the Regina case passed in 20 um, was decided in in 2020, I believe. Um, that would, I would say, make life so much easier for many, many tenants who have been overcharged. What the Regina case did, which this bill is trying to help with to to um, to fix to remedy, is that it said that if you have been overcharged. And um, more tenants than not have been overcharged, I would say. Um, overcharges are rampant in rent-stabilized apartments, sometimes because the landlord changed hands and the landlord didn't know the law or it was in, done um, intentionally, right? However, um, what um, the overcharge bills would have done is permit the tenants to look back more than four years um, in order to prove an overcharge gets more complicated than that. Uh, but as of now, that hasn't been passed, which is leading most tenants to waive, basically not get the mm. benefit of an overcharge because four years have passed. One of the phenomena that used to happen that would lead to the four years pass, basically if the four years has passed and you've been overcharged, then you are you are out of luck in terms of getting your overcharge, the monies you paid back. And what used to happen is that landlords would overcharge tenants, i.e., raise the rent and give a tenant a lower, a preferential rent for a certain period of time, and let the four years pass in order to lull the tenants into a sense that the rent was low. And after the four years had passed, the landlord would come back and assert the higher rent, the legal regulated rent, which could be double. So at that point, tenants would come to a turn to me, right, and say, hey, the landlord's proposing to double my rent. And guess what? It has now been four years of a lower fake rent, right? And now the tenant is precluded from going back because there's no fraud. So what this bill would do is permit tenants to look back more than four years in order not to waive the overcharges that they paid out of pocket. 
Well, haven't tenant leaders testified that high rents and utility costs are forcing New Yorkers out of their homes and that any rent increase will result in more evictions while landlords are not facing equivalent hardships? Absolutely, landlords are facing hardships, right? Uh, insurance costs, um, construction costs, um, as you just said yourself, right? Electricity costs, um, legal fees. I mean, landlords, I mean, I I don't, I, I, there's not a, land, a happy landlord that calls my office. Landlords are facing tremendous hardships just as well. Um, what I'll also say is that um, landlords uh, wait, have- Wait, I should feel sorry for my landlord? <laughs> Especially when uh, suddenly I don't have any hot water. Uh, you don't? Well, every once in a while there's some plumbing problem, and he tries to fix it. But I can go for hours without any hot water. I'm sorry. Um, well, I'll say that most landlords who call us are not huge developers. We have large landlords as well. There's, uh, there's a gamut. And... This is one of the um, initiatives that actually occurred in housing court called the small property part, wherein small landlords are being leaped, right, um, put together, right, with large landlords. And it's not the same category at all. A three-family homeowner is a regular New Yorker who's trying to make ends meet as opposed to a hundred-family owner, right? So what happened in housing court is that these small properties were being lumped together with large properties and cases would push, the length of the cases, the processing of the cases would push these small property owners into foreclosure. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a very large, big difference between small property landlords and large property landlords. And I don't think they could be categorized together. So yes, feel bad for the small property landlords, right? Um, there are however make, mega landlords who are gonna be, can, will be fine either way. Again, a reminder that if you would like to uh, talk to Altagracia about uh, a problem you know about or that you're facing, our phone number here is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Uh, so you suggest we should document the issues. If, if a landlord is not responding to uh, our request, it's important to to take pictures, videos, notes of the mm -hmm. problems, dates they occurred. Why? Because we might wind up in court? Mm -hmm. So what happens is any um, reviewing any lease, most leases will say that notice must be given to the landlord in order to assert any rights to preserve your rights. You have to give proper notice. Proper notice um, contrary to what most people believe is not an email, right? Uh, it's a certified mail. Us usually leases will say via cert mail return via cert mail, right? Maybe not return receipt, but via cert mail. So sending your landlord uh, a letter documenting the problem via email, maybe as a courtesy as well, but via cert mail as required by the lease is usually the notice required if you were to assert a claim in housing court later that you did not have services or that you are entitled to an abatement, a decrease of your rent due to lack of services. So folks need to make sure that they're following the notice that's actually the notice provision in the lease because an email is usually not proper notice. Doesn't New York City have a housing part in civil court that allows tenants 
to sue their landlords to force them to make repairs? Yes, and that part is very, very effective, has always been effective. There was an attorney from the city of New York that is also who is also there, who represents the city of New York, and usually sides with the tenants in order to um, force a landlord to maintain the housing code, the standards, the housing codes and standards. So that is um, just a subway stop away, and there are forms that can be filled out and, and presented to the clerk. Um, so it's it's been pretty it's been um, it's a process that's been streamlined to permit tenants to get repairs done. Should we take some calls? Sure. Okay, we invite our listeners who uh, want to speak to Altagracia about their situations to call us at two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. Let's take that first call. B A I, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to get ordered a Gary Null product. Oh, well, I think you've called the wrong number. Sorry. Let's uh, definitely call the wrong number. Okay, let's try another <laughs> call. B-A-I, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, I hear can you, you hear fine. Me? Oh, great. Uh, Leonard, hi, Altagracia. Uh, hi. Question, Altagracia. You said that the legislation was held up. Uh, the legislation that the governor wanted to pass was being held up. Who is it being held up by? What is the cause of the holdup? I thought that the legislature was pretty much a Democratic legislature right now. So why is there a holdup on the legislative side? Well, I think I said the opposite, right? That the legislature has passed two major bills regarding overcharges, right, and good cause eviction. Um, usually, and I, the governor gets to veto or not veto or approve. Usually, there are um, there are um, givebacks that have to be given because they are. I mean, the constituency is not just tenants; it's also developers, right, and landlords. Um, so I think there was an issue with the four, with the tax incentives that was not really ironed out, right? Although don't quote me on it. And in that sense, the givebacks were not enough to satisfy both sides. So, so the problem is not on the governor's side. The problem is on. Okay, if 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 there is a holdup. And it's the developers who are causing the holdup and the large landlords that are causing the holdup. Where is the stoppage? Have they lobbied? Are they in control of some, certain legislators? Or, or, or is it the governor that they're, you know, someone, someone is not getting the legislation passed hmm. for whatever reasons there are. Where is the problem? Where's the bottleneck? I agree. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think um, I, there are many constituencies, right? And I think striking the right balance to make everyone happy, it, it's very hard, as we know, in Congress, right? And that that's where that's that's a legislative process where folks have to give back. And if it if we're not, if if both sides can't come to an And again, I'll say that the legislator did pass these bills. The governor has not been able to approve them. Right. So I can't tell you I'm not in I'm not in the legislature to tell you exactly, but I'll tell you that the process is usually fraught with disagreements and givebacks that usually are very hard to come by. I think you just said it. You said the governor has not signed the bills that have been approved by the legislature. Yes. So she, Thank you very much. 
Thank you. So the Governor Hochul is a mixed bag in this regard. To tackle the housing shortage, didn't she unveil a plan in January that was aimed at building more than 800,000 new homes statewide over the next decade? That's correct. Uh, she's more focused on building housing, right? Um, and I think the legislature is very much focused on um, fixing the laws. And in in again, they are the legislature and making the laws. Governor Hochul seems to be focused on creating more affordable housing and increasing the supply, which is another way of dealing with the issues. Is Supply is always going to be a problem in New York City. Let's take another call. Again, our number here is 212-209-2877. WBAI, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. Hi. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I like the show. You well, like the show? I'm so pleased that you like it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a you know how sad I'd be if you said I don't like your show? <laughs> <laughs> um, I see that there's uh, applications on how something called Housing Connect where you could participate in a lottery, try to get an, a quote-unquote affordable apartment. What I want to know, even though the rents are high in those apartments and you might not get one, so it's for something you need, you, you might not get it, which is kind of uh, not a good situation. But what I want to know is when the Rent Guidelines Board says you everyone has to pay 3%, 5%, whatever the percentage is. Are people in those so-called affordable apartments, are they subject to that as well? You know, in other words, how long is it these apartments going to be affordable? And mm -hmm. they, too, are subject to the 3%, 5%, 7% yearly mm -hmm. increase. So, sure, that applies solely to rent-stabilized apartments, right, which are a type of affordable apartments. Um, the other affordable apartments you, you're speaking about are, are we called it, um, they are called subsidized apartments, and those subsidies come from the tax incentives. They are not regulated by the, the Rent Guidelines Board. The RGB is dealing with rent-stabilized apartments. Those other apartments usually have um, agreements that last 30 years. Um, and a lot of these 30 years agreements are ending, which are leaving these apartments, you know, um, up for grabs for being market rate. Ah, so when you get one of these apartments to Housing Connect, you're saying you're not subject to the rent guidelines board for at least 30 years. Well, it depends. That's correct. Pretty much what you said is correct. It depends. So every agreement, as I talked to Leonard about, is very, 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 and it's a lot of them are private. It's very singular between the developer and the city. There are actually are teams of lawyers who work on each agreement, and there are usually hundreds of pages. But some 30-year agreements will end up with the apartment coming out of the subsidy, subsidized programs, right, and going into rent stabilization, although that's rarer. And some will end up being market rate apartments at the end. So it depends what the agreement says, although you're right, most of them will end up being market rate at the end. After the end of the 30 years. So rent stabilization still exists. And I think you call it something rent control that still exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. What was it that went under in like the early 
thousands. Wasn't there a type of subsidy that no longer exists because it finished? Was that the Mitchell Lama? Uh, well, Mitchell Lama does still exist, but there was 421A that didn't pass recently. Right, the tax incentives are not passing; they are not being renewed again because they are seen as give backs to developers and not giving enough to tenants. Right, uh, and they are so "quote unquote" secretive that a lot of tenants don't know that they are subject to it. Uh, but um, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. I'll say the 421A was an issue that didn't wasn't renewed, so a lot of incentives are not being renewed. So housing is really complicated in New York, I guess, to, because the developers are making money and the government isn't involved in making uh, housing projects and other affordable types of housing, truly affordable. That's Yeah, that has always been the, the issue, which is um, that these agreements are, are sometimes often private and tenants are not being told that they qualify under these tax incentives and these subsidies, so tenants are renting at market rate when the developer is actually earning, right, um, getting the benefit of tax incentives, not to bash developers by any means. But that was one of the major criticisms of these tax incentives is that they are not publicized or uh, enforced enough for them to be to give the benefit they are supposed to to the tenant population. Okay, it's kind of complicated. Oh, what I'll do is I'll save this date and replay it so that I can really absorb it better, because you're saying a lot. All right. Well, thank sure. you very much. Well, you can always access sure. all past shows at WBAI.org. Okay? Uh, and this is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. My guest is Altagracia Pierre Outerbridge, and we are inviting your calls at 212 212- Two zero nine two eight seven seven. This is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. I'm Leonard Lopate, and my guest is Altagracia Pierre Outerbridge, founder and owner of the New York City-based law firm Outerbridge Law PC, which focuses on landlord-tenant litigation and transactional matters. Uh, And um, she has become one of our regular contributors on this show as well. Uh, and we invite your calls to her at 212-209-2877. Now, of course, New York is, a, is five boroughs. So does it matter? Don't, aren't Manhattan rental rates very high? They hit a record median of $4,175 per month in March, didn't they? Yes. Uh, in fact, I think it's really at around 5500 right now. Um, Yes, Manhattan um, is one of the most expensive cities to live in the world, correct? In the world. In the world. Uh, and uh, the, the March figure is 13% higher than a year ago, so it just keeps on going up? 
Well, um, <laughs> this is why, this is correct. This is why um, we, okay, so let's go back. It, it can go up at infinitum because if it's not rent stabilized or rent controlled or subject to a subsidy, then it's a market rate apartment and the landlord can increase the rent at infinitum. There is no, there is no maximum rent that a landlord can charge. Hmm. So we're seeing tenants go from a $2,000 apartment to an offer at 4,000, hmm. right? So there's no limit. Um, there's no limit in the law for a market rate apartment. And this is why subsidies matter, right? Building white subsidies, vouchers, um, rent stabilization and rent control matters because those are the only caps. Those are the only, only programs that provide caps for rent. Otherwise, it's, a, you know, it's open. And a recent report found that all of the households struggling with New York's cost of living, uh, of them, 45 percent, 44, yeah, four-fifths of them spend more than 30 percent of total income on housing. 30 percent is the official rent-to-income ratio beyond which the U.S. government begins to call individuals rent burden. Correct. Correct. So there are um, So these ways- are people who have difficulty affording other necessities like food, clothing, transportation, medical care because they're spending so much money on rent. Is this just New York, or is this a, an issue around the, the country? Uh, it's an issue all around the country, right? San Francisco, right? Um, everywhere. It's an issue everywhere. I think New York is the most hit. I think New Yorkers, quote-unquote, got a break during the pandemic because the supply was high when folks left the city. Then um, folks came back, and uh, landlords were able to um, charge whatever rent they, they could. Um, in terms of folks being rent burdened in New York City, um, that has always been the case. What I'll also say is that there is a lot of help for folks who need help, right? Um, if somebody is facing eviction, they are free lawyers in housing court, um, although um, those lawyers are burdened, quote unquote, as well with case with caseloads. They are free lawyers. They are organizations that will help with the rent often a one-time, as a one-time um, help. Um, there are programs like HRA, one-shot deal, that help with the rent. And even though it's a one-shot deal, folks can apply if, uh, as many times as they they need it to the one-shot deal program, which usually pays back and forward rent a certain amount. Um, um, there are legal aid grants. There are many, many grants that help. Um, there are also programs such as FEPS, right, which helps um, families with children. There are um, Section 8 vouchers. So there, there are ways to um, to afford the rent, although not enough. Okay. Well, let's find out what our listeners are concerned about. Again, our number, 212-209-2877. If you'd like to speak with Altagracia Pierre Outerbridge, Let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Yes, I was thinking, well, how come um, this whole thing isn't nationalized? I mean, I see a corrupt system. Having a roof over your head is a human right, and that should be talked about first and foremost. I don't want to hear about developers and rich people who, along with the politicians, that are, that are making, it, making this problem in the first place. You really shouldn't have people being homeless. I agree. 
I agree. Um, I, I, I was a um, legal aid attorney for in legal services for a long time and saw many poor, many, many working people on the streets, um, on, on the streets even. So I absolutely agree. Unfortunately, uh, that's not where we are right now. But um, there are some incentives like good cause eviction, which would help in terms of the law. And I only operate in the law. Right. So that's that's all I can do. Well, I want to ask you a question. Do you know about Bridgeview 2 and Wavecrest? Uh, it's a building, yes. Company? Hello? Uh, yes, I can hear you, yes. I don't know. I haven't litigated there, but I've heard about it. Bridgeview 2 and Wavecrest? I have dealt with Wavecrest as a management company, yes. Okay, because um, I had a situation with them some months ago. And I had been I had been in my apartment over twenty something years, and they just had refused to ever do any repairs. And mm-hmm. then they I think they got some government grant or whatever. And finally they came in and fixed the apartment. And once I got back in it, because I had complained to three eleven about them, um, they, they they tried to come after me and tried to evict me. Wow, I'm sorry. Were you able to 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 win? Yeah, because I had all my, my that I paid the rent. I had receipts and everything, and I took it to to uh, to the courthouse. Absolutely. Were you able to get free legal counsel? Oh, uh, I didn't need that. I mean, what I did, what I did is they called me, and I went to court. And I and the, and the pathetic part is I sat, I stood in front of a racist judge, who even even I had all my proof, and he saw it. He was siding with them. Mm-hmm. But you wound up coming out of it okay. Yeah, I came out of it okay, only because I could prove that I actually paid my rent. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling us. Okay, thank you. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Yes, I'm here. That's you. Hi. Okay. I just want to say this. They, they, it, once they take politics out of this landlord-tenant business, uh, it will it will heal itself. See, what's what's happening here is this thing has been so politicized until even it's it, it, it just ridiculous. I mean, the average landlord, and I happen to be a small property owner. I own a unit. I own unit of twenty uh twenty units. Uh, I run it like a family thing. When I say that, I mean I treat people the way they want to, the way I want to be treated. The city, the city would come along and they they come up with some of these ridiculous uh, uh, conditions, uh, and so it, it, it's it's just ridiculous. I, I I have a tenant who lived in my building. She was she was living there when I when I purchased the property. She was living there for over fifty years. She she moved out. She was 90, 92 years old. She couldn't no longer walk up the stairs. Now beautiful apartment. I went in. I spent money. I did what should have been done to the place. Beautiful place. One bedroom apartment. She was paying two hundred and sixty something dollars a month. Boy. I went wow. I tried to I said, All right. Now man, the most I could have gotten out of that apartment is is two hundred dollars a month. Now, I've already paid her the thirty years I've owned the thirty five years I've owned the place, I've already paid her to live there. See, nobody talks about how the city is raising your real estate tax. I paid three times, three, four times the, 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 the amount of real estate taxes that I paid when I bought the purchase the building. My fuel prices, I, my water bill. 
There was a time your water bill was 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 included in your in your in your land taxes. Now you got a meter. You got a meter there. And people talk about hot water. I got a hot water boiler and a heat boiler. So the 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 the, the, the tenants always gonna have hot water. If they don't have heat, if something go wrong with the heat, they got hot water. Something go wrong with the hot water, they got heat. You see, and so that's that's what anybody who take pride in owning a piece of property. A landlord is an entrepreneur. He's not somebody who running a charity thing. Because I can't go to the, I can't go to con, uh, uh, National Grid uh, or Con Ed and talk about my personal problems. That's that's not that's not they want to hear. I mean, you you raise you raise the rent you raise the rent three percent. You know, so I have tenants who haven't paid rent in over two years. You hear me? It's over two years. You see, wow. all they have to do if I don't if I don't give them the service they, they deserve is to have three one one. I gotta go out and hire a lawyer. Then I gotta run back and forth to court. I ran back and forth to court for six months with an individual. If, when 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 there was no longer excuses uh, why that tenant should still be there, the only thing the judge can say is Christmas. <laughs> what the hell Christmas got to do with the fact that you, I've been running the court for six months? It's Christmas. Halter Gracia, it's Christmas. Yes. Yeah, Halter, you want to respond to what he's saying? I agree with the sentiment. I agree. We get, we get these calls every day, right? Small landlords who are struggling and are doing the best we they can in order to help uh, folks who have been long term tenants who have become family or you know or friends even. Absolutely. I got a beautiful apartment. Told my three hundred dollars all I can get for it. You know what's going to happen to it? It's gonna freaking sit there. You can't. You can't suddenly now charge market rate. No, you used to could. You used to be able to bring it up to the to, to the to the highest rent of the lowest rent in the building. That used to be the law. If somebody moved out, in other words, if the lowest rent in the building was was nine hundred dollars, then you could charge that nine hundred dollars for that apartment. Now it's gotten ridiculous, and everybody who got political ambitions. And, and, and including our president mayor, who's not who's not telling tenants that starting in 2027, I believe it is, landlord gonna have to supply uh, uh, air conditioning in the summertime. Have you heard that one? Anybody heard that one? I haven't. Okay, look it up. Oh well. You're creating animosity between landlords and tenants. That's all you're doing. Forgive me for asking this. Have you thought of selling the building? <laughs> if I thought of selling it, I worked three jobs in order to buy it. Why the hell should I sell it? Okay, because it's causing you so much trouble. But, uh, uh, well, let me tell you something. I will fight until it takes me out of here or I take it out of here, one or the other. You see, I'm not, <laughs> I, work, I work three freaking jobs. I, work, I didn't buy, I, didn't, I wasn't buying uh, uh, Lincoln Continentals and Cadillacs in Mercedes. I was buying real estate. I worked three jobs. Lost my wife because she said didn't believe nobody's working that much. But I was still waiting. I was bringing the, I was bringing the, the money home. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so you know, all time I was putting on trying to build up a future for my family, and as a result, I lost my family. You I'm know, sorry. Hey, sorry well, to hear uh, that. Thank you, but I'm going back now over forty years. Yeah. You see, and so this is what I'm talking about. When I hear these people with these ridiculous suggestions, talking about somebody going to have to stop supplying these people with air conditioning. In the summertime, because it's hot. You know what I mean? The air conditioning is the cheapest thing out there. You you see them on the street every day. People move; they don't want to take them with them. Yeah, 
the place. Free. I'm talking about working air conditioners. Thank you so much for calling us. Actually, uh, I don't think my landlord's supplying me with an air conditioner, but that's another matter. Um, they, they don't have to give you an air conditioner, do they, Altagras? No, not 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 right as it stands. And it's actually something that I looked up because I knew it was going to come up. Um, at this point, if you enter the apartment, if you take possession with an AC, then you have the right to it, right? It's uh -huh. about maintaining the terms and conditions of your tenancy when you sign your lease. So the landlord cannot take it away. If you don't have it, you have the right to put it. You can put it in, make sure it's, it's safely put in, right? Ask the landlord and put it in, However, install it. However, um, the landlord has the right to charge you an, an AC surcharge, right? Depending on who's paying the, um, the electricity bill, you may be charged an AC uh, surcharge. But right now, if you come in with no AC, then you don't have the right to it per se from the landlord. Okay, well, we don't have a lot more time, but I wanted to sneak one more call in here. VAI, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Hi. Okay. Hi. I, I just wanted to go back to something that was uh, mentioned at the beginning. And uh, I think without the mirror, I mentioned a program called SCREE, which is for seniors. And uh, I was wondering what the acronym stands for and, uh, you know, how do you go about applying for it or something like that? Sure. It's called the Senior Citizen Rent Increase Exemption, right? So there is a form, right? I, I tell people there's always a form. Um, if you Google Senior Citizen Rent Increase Exemption, you're going to file, find the form online. It's um, on New York City, the NYC.gov, right? And you okay. complete the form. Um, I'm actually on it right now. Uh, it's pretty easy to fill out. You can actually go in. It used to be that you can go in the agency um, in your borough and fill it out right then and there. But I've filled it out for people. It's pretty uh, self-explanatory. It's S-C-R-I-E, -S Senior Citizen Registry Exemption. You download the form. You fill it out. You mail it in. You would then get an appointment for them to, um, quote, unquote, interview you, make sure you meet you meet the um, guidelines, and then you once you approve, then the landlord gets notice, right? And the landlord gets a tax incentive that's commensurate with your increase, right? So that they are no longer you're no longer responsible for your increases going forward. The city basically takes care of it. Okay, well, thank you so much for your call, and Alta Gracia, We're pretty much out of time. Thank Is there you. anything you want to add in a, in the last minute? Sure, sure, sure. So we talked about good cause evictions, which didn't pass. So um, tenant advocates, which I've been for a while, um, are still hoping that at some point in the future it'll pass. Another issue that I've seen folks deal with, right, that I've, um, is deed theft, right? There are many, many, um, there are many, and this is coming out of left field, it seems, but it's something that I've, I hear often from older um um, older um, homeowners that um, somehow a, a son, a daughter, a developer, an LLC um, took advantage of them and and um, and um, took their home, right? So that's something that is very much actionable, right? I would say folks need to seek an attorney uh, in order to deal with some of these types of situations. And um, first and foremost, if you are facing a rent increase that you cannot afford, know that there is help out there both legally and, in, and financially, to help you. Alta Gracia, thank you so much for being on our show again. I'm sure we'll sure. be seeing each other sometime in the near future. Alta Gracia Pierre Outerbridge is the founder and owner of the New York City-based law firm Outerbridge Law PC. 
which uh, focuses on landlord-tenant litigation and transactional matters. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leonard. Have a good one. And that brings us to the end of our show. If you'd like to check out more of our one-hour interviews on one subject, you can access our archive of over 800 shows at WBAI.org or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else that podcasts are are available. And if you'd like to reach me directly, my email address is leonardlopatawbai.org. Right now, I need to ask you to consider stepping up and supporting BAI as we struggle to stay afloat during these difficult times. We are asking all of our... We have to pay rent, too, and it's been hard. We've been asking all of our listeners who haven't taken that step already to make a tax-deductible contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online, give to WBAI.org, or by calling 212-209-2950 right now to keep the unique in-depth content we bring you on the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. That's give and the number 2WBAI.org or 212-209-2950. And you might also consider becoming a sustaining member for $5, 10 $15, $20, $25 a month, as long as you wish. It allows us to plan for the future, and we will call you a BAI buddy, and we will offer all of you a BAI tote bag if you sign up to become a BAI buddy for $10 a month or more. But uh, either way, I hope you'll call right now because BAI relies 100% on listener donations, we don't take ads or foundation grants, which allows us to be free, completely free speech radio. But don't forget to make that tax-deductible contribution in the name of Leonard Lopez at large to this station that is the only one on the New York radio dial that is completely supported by our listeners. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for call, for listening, and we hope that you'll tune in tomorrow for a show that promises to be really exciting. So, see you then.